It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Sunny Talk Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Sonny Giuliano. A special guest with me today to talk about the Los Angeles sports scene and God knows what else. My oldest friend in the world, Dr. Colin Stucco. Doctor, welcome. Hey, great to be here, Captain. Excited to be aboard for a podcast. But it's been too long. It's been a really long time. I I couldn't even I was Briefly skimming the archives, and it's been at least a few years. Yeah, I think the last one was probably back when I was still in college, which would have been 2012 or or later, or earlier, depending on which way you're counting. But that's at least five years by my by my estimations. I'm pretty good with calculations, so I think the last one might have been a 2012 Olympic preview. Okay, that that fits my timeline pretty well, I would say. Yeah, so it would have been right around the time you were graduating college, or yep. maybe you had just graduated, but either way, um, far too long. Happy to have you on. Um, yeah. Just today, I, I this doesn't fit into at all what we're planning on talking about, but just today I realized that about a week ago I had a dream um, about you, or I, I guess you would be one of the key players in this dream. And I didn't tell you about it. And it's kind of uh, shocking that I didn't tell you this dream. We we often share dreams with each other. And this one stuck out in a major way. So I'm going to set the scene. We are back in our hometown, Albany, New York. And you are engaged. Congratulations. I don't know who I don't know who you're engaged to. Um, Me neither. <laughs> but. We are having your bachelor party, and of all places, we are having it back in in Elba. So it's a small group. The, the group is only you, me, our, uh, our good pal Pancho Ostrowski, and Rocco, G, Luca, and Nico. That was the extent of your bachelor party. And... We are walking throughout Alba. It's early evening. And we walk into a building that is behind the Stumbling Inn. For anyone who is listening who is not from Alba, the Stumbling Inn is the one bar in Alba, New York. It is without question considered a dive bar. Um, not really where you'd go for a bachelor party. Um, but we walk into this establishment behind the Stumbling Inn, and and I should have mentioned we are all dressed up in tuxedos. Um, we walk into this establishment, and it appears to be a strip club. So there's a stage, and there there are poles on the stage, and gentlemen sitting around, also in tuxedos, having drinks, um, some dim lighting. 
it looks like a really classy establishment. So we sit down, and we're having our drinks, and all of a sudden, I, I assume he's the manager of the, the club, he comes out and he, he gives a little speech and he says, okay, show's about to start. And he pulls down a projector screen from the ceiling and we proceed to watch uh, strippers on a projection. Interesting. And that's the extent of the dream. And I will say that you were very... That was it. You were very into it. I, in my dream, I questioned. I can you know, imagine where it was. <laughs> in my dream, I I, I asked you because even in dream, Sonny was curious about this decision, and I asked you. I, I approached you as you were watching um, a a half naked lady on a projection screen um, dancing on a pole. I asked you, I said, is this something that you really like? Is this a new thing? And you, you were very enthusiastic about it, how, you know, this is amazing. This is the new thing. You love it. This is exactly what you wanted out of your bachelor party. And then I woke up. I mean, look, I'm not wrong. The digital age is here to stay, my friend. Just uh, get on board with it right now. <laughs> Roll with it and it rolled over. You know, it's one of those dreams where they always say, like, one of the things on your mind earlier in the day was – that, like, impacts what you dream. I realized that that day, earlier in the day, I was watching The Sopranos, and later in the day, I was doing a little bit of reading up on virtual reality. So, like, the two things just clashed head-on and and became this magnificent dream um, of your bachelor party. And and now knowing that, that this might be something that you're into, I think that I'm going to have to find a way to make this happen for your actual bachelor party whenever that that occurs. Yeah, yeah, VR strippers, uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend to a friend or close family member. Close friend or family member, excuse me. I like to keep all my family members close. Good to know. It's, right, it's, so interesting, that you brought, it's interesting that you brought that up, though, because I also had a dream about you that relates to um, a wedding in a different capacity, completely different dream that I didn't mention to you, but it's this sort of jogged my memory. This was only two or three nights ago. Um, you recall Rocco's wedding, I'm sure. You were you were part of it. We were both there together. I was very drunk very early on, um, but I do remember the most like most of it. So yeah. Um, well, this luckily this part came very 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 early on. Um, we we were getting Rocco was. The, the wedding was moved to the, the rocky cliffs of Ireland, um, and for some reason we were cliffside, and um, we were getting ready there. That's, that's where we decided to get ready, <laughs> was by these uh, treacherous cliffs over in Ireland with some waves crashing up against them. Um, cool, cool day, cloudy, um, you know, your, your, classic, your classic Irish day. Um, everybody was ready, but you weren't. You had forgotten your suit in Florida. And oh, God. We had... And so we didn't know, you know, how to help you. We we didn't know what to do to make the to re, to, to remedy the situation. We were between, you know, a rock and a hard place, so to speak, literally and metaphorically. And um, you were inconsolable. We, you were you were very upset and angry. Oh no! Um, and and <laughs> and made the decision that you were just going to go back to Florida and get this suit. You decided that was the best solution. Um, so you, 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 you just, you got up and you left and that's when the dream I did. And, so, um, I woke up any... pretty upset because, 
Go ahead, finish up. No, I, I just woke up like a little bit upset and alarmed because I was like, oh, God, poor Sonny was so upset. I hope he got his suit. And I wonder how things played out, if the wedding was postponed while you got back or um, if we the show just went on without you. And um, I don't know. Like I said, I woke up. So that's you were, you were hopping on a plane, um, you know, very upset, and I don't know where things ended. Um, I, I have to imagine that the, the wedding wouldn't have been would have been delayed. I, I really, I mean, I know I was in the wedding, and it was a great honor as it was when I was in Rocco's younger brother G's wedding. Um, I can't imagine I'm that vital to to the whole day. Um, I wouldn't have blamed them if they if they went on without me. I, real me would have just said, "Screw it, I'm just going to wear the cutoffs and the gym shorts and." I'll just get really drunk beforehand, and we'll, we'll call it even. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Ashley, Ashley would love the guy in the cutoff up there. That would look good well, in the pictures. You know what? I would have. Here's actually what would have happened. I would have forfeited my place in the wedding party, but I would have still gone to the wedding. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Or like, we could have gotten. Or we could have gotten tricky with it. And maybe somebody with, like, a similar-looking suit could have lent me the suit for just the pictures. I actually think I know how we could have played it off in the dream if we, if I was on my, my A-game. We could have done the old sit-on-your-shoulders tall man trick, and um, you could have been the legs, and I could – you could have been the legs and waist, and I could have been the head and arms, and um, we could have just finessed our way in, and nobody probably would have been any of the wiser. No one would have known the difference. Yeah, so there, yeah, plenty of solutions before flying back to Florida, but that's what you decided to do in, in my dream. That's a very brash decision. That that wouldn't yeah. have been me. Um, okay, dream talk aside, uh, you are you're a Los Angeles resident for yes. um, two in, two in, years in, now. Yes, in Angelino, if you would. In Angelino, that is the correct yes term for a Los Angeles resident, an Angelino. An Angelino, yes, sir. Okay. And, yeah, I I have been an Angelino for over two years now, just over two years. So you and I talk a lot about Los Angeles. Very excited to report that I'll be making my first L.A. trip this summer. Um, But one of the things that we usually don't talk about is – the sports scene in Los Angeles, and I wanted to get your your take on on some of the the more notable sports stories coming out of L.A. Um, so I was expecting that the Rams would still be in the playoffs when we did this podcast. They were my NFC champion pick as the playoffs started. Um, they were upset in round one by the Atlanta Falcons. The one thing I'm really curious about. Um, was if there was any reaction at all to the Rams losing on Saturday night. Do people in L.A. actually care about the Rams or the Chargers? Because it's kind of – being all the way on the East Coast, you hear about how, like, oh, these stadiums are half-filled with with opposing teams' fans, and the people of L.A. don't really care that these football teams are here. So I wanted a, a firsthand answer. Do, is this something that people care about? Well, the Rams, specifically after they uh, lost the other night, um, 
Yeah, pe- people did care, and I, I noticed that people cared because of my expectation of people not caring at all. Um, I, I I didn't think that the, them um, losing or even being in the playoffs for that matter would that have that much of an impact um, on the city. But there was, um, yeah, a, a lot of Rams fans I saw downtown who had, you know, disjected, a little bit disappointed with the loss, thought it was a, a very winnable game, which, you know, being the favorite team, you would certainly go into, a, you know, think, thinking that there was a good chance of victory. And, um, yeah, people people actually did seem to take the loss to heart a little bit. Um, but with that being said, I didn't really see that throughout the rest of the regular season. Um, you know, the, I'm, the, the fans were still there in that games, but there wasn't a whole lot of, chatter about the team, um, win-loss, win, or, you know, there was just a general sense of indifference during the regular season. So mm-hmm. I think once they realized that, you know, the team's in the playoffs, hey, you know, maybe we, we can maybe make a little bit of noise, I think that's when the excitement started to drum up a little bit, all to just sort of ultimately fizzle out um, very early on. But I thought it was a really good sign seeing people care, you know, just a, just a little bit, because as you know, L.A. sports fans are – uh, notorious for not really caring very much at all. So, um, yeah, just seeing people have some passion after the game, I think, was a good sign. Um, it's it's great to see the team, you know, already in the playoffs after um, after moving back here. It's it's um, I think I think it's good for the city specifically seeing that you know the Rams are an LA native based team. So I think there's a lot of a lot, a lot of upside to be had in in Ramland out here. Well, it's such a It's such a contrast to what we were used to growing up. The Northeast, that's that's like everything. And we saw a really good example was seen this year with the Bills, which is our hometown team. Um, You probably classify yourself more as a Bills fan than I do. Um, For sure. And you, you just saw the reaction of the Bills Mafia and all that. That was like the biggest moment of their year. Without question. Yeah. That, that was like, he, the people of Buffalo could have had the shittiest 2017, but the fact that they made the playoffs on the last day of 2017, that is probably the the best year that they've had since the last time the Bills were in the playoffs. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy because to, to some degree, even here in Florida, there isn't that passion with the pro sports teams. The people don't care about the Dolphins. People don't care about the Bucks. And maybe it's just because I'm a little bit on the outside of both of those cities, but, you know, it, the, the distance between me and Miami is about the same distance as, like, Rochester to Buffalo. And people in Rochester were crazy about the Bills. It, it just doesn't seem like there's, like, this rabid fan base of – a whole bunch of Dolphins fans that are existing in Fort Myers. And I, I imagine the, the story is mostly the same for you in L.A. with these with football teams that, you know, the, the Rams who haven't been there in years and the Chargers who just are suddenly dropped in there. And it's like, okay, this is your team, Los Angeles. Enjoy. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think a lot of that stems from, you know, the fact that the Northeast doesn't really have a whole lot going on there in terms of, yeah. you know, activities and things to do, where with cities like L.A. Um, and Miami have, you know, there's 
sports in Western New York, there aren't a lot of alternatives to if you want something, mm-hmm. for, you know, decent entertainment. Um, where with contrast to that to Southern California or Southern Florida, um, there's just a, a cornucopia of things, you know, sure. that you could do instead of going to a sporting event or rooting your team on. I mean, you know, there's literally a dozen things I could probably rattle off off the top of my head that you could do in as an alternative to going to a sporting event. So I think that just dilutes the um, – the, the the fan base down a little bit you know people are there, there's there's other things to do and it just sort of whittles the fans down to this group of people who who like sports and who you know like the team and want to see the team do good but if they don't see that they're not overly upset about it and um I think I think the Rams fans are certainly um, a much better example of a, a fan base you'd want to have um, as, as an NFL team moving to a new city or, you know, in this case, relocating back to your old city. Um, Chargers fans, however, I, I, I don't won't speak quite as highly of them. It's interesting. I was actually scrolling through um, social media last night, and I saw an interesting stat that I thought was um, relevant to um, relevant to our, our conversation today. Um, the so the LA Chargers had an average attendance of um, around twenty five thousand three hundred thirty five uh, per game, mm-hmm. which is you know decent. Well, and two, they're they're playing in that in the subhub stadium that only holds like thirty five thousand. I mean, it's a soccer stadium. Yes. Um, exactly, and it is a small stadium, but the, the stat, the reason it was interesting to me, um, 25,335, and that was the average attendance. The average attendance at Appalachian State was 25,787, so Appalachian State um, actually averaged a higher attendance than the L.A. Chargers did this year. It, it really doesn't oh. surprise me, because another thing that we didn't mention in in Southern California and South Florida, there are so many transplants too. That, exactly. Like you, you don't get that in Buffalo. In, in all likelihood, if you were if you are living in Buffalo, your parents were born in Buffalo. Right. No. No. Like, there no are, there are people. There are people who are like desperately trying to get into um, a good area in Western New York. That just doesn't exist. Where. There, there are people who are flocking to Southern California and Southern Florida. Um, so that's why you get a, a really good mix of different teams represented. Like, I worked at JP Sports, the sports store um, down here, just a local store. And the Bucks and the Dolphins were, like, not even the, one of the top five NFL teams that we, we sold merchandise for. Yeah, I, I there, there, are just, there are just that many people from different areas, like Patriots fans, Packers fans, Cowboys fans. Like those, those three teams outsold both the Florida teams and the Jaguars too, especially by a pretty considerable margin. Yeah, I, I believe it. Um, to so I actually went to um, uh, the the Chargers Bills game this year, and um, oh, the Nathan Peterman game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got to, I got to see I got to see that um 
Um, so that was a real treat. But let me tell you something. The Bills fans, uh, they they showed out. They were there to play. Um, the fans that I said, not, not yeah. specifically. But, I mean, the fans were there. They were, I mean, blacked out by 10, 11 a.m., jumping off buses through tables. I mean, it was a... <laughs> It was a full-blown Buffalo party tailgate. Um, yeah. And I don't think the Chargers fans really knew what to quite make of that. Uh, they were there, you know, with their, their kids, maybe looking for a fun day out with, uh, you know, with the family. Um, and the Bills fans were there to just uh, to, to really get rowdy. And it was just a very interesting contrast to sports worlds for sure. Yeah. I, you could kind of tell right away that the Chargers thing was going to be a disaster that they were going to be playing in this small stadium. And it was it felt like going into the season, every home game for them was going to be like, like how when I, we lived in New York, like the few times that the Bears came to Buffalo, like my dad and I got tickets every time the Bears came to Buffalo. Like you had to see your team. Yeah, so, and there, there are far fewer – Bears fans in Buffalo probably than there are Bills fans in Los Angeles. So it just felt like every time a team came in, every one of their fans in that city was going to be at the game and take over the stadium. And that is kind of how it turned out to be. Um, the Chargers did make a nice little run late in the year and almost made the playoffs. And obviously the Rams had a really good year and their, their outlook is pretty bright. Um, Assuming that, that the Chargers and Rams are both good again next year, let's say they're both playoff teams, where do you think they rank among all the other L.A. teams? So we'll include Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, and I guess technically the Angels too, um, the Kings in, in NHL, and then let's throw in UCLA and USC also. Um, where would they rank? Let's see. Just in terms of, of, like, overall popularity in the city. Like, let's, right imagine, let's imagine a scenario where somehow all of the L.A. teams are playing at the same time on the same night. It could never happen, but let, let's pretend that it is. You're at a bar. What What is most likely going to be on the main TV? You know what? Um, I, 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 this is. I'm going to say that right now the most popular sports team in LA is actually the Dodgers. Um, Dodger hype was for real during the, um, both the regular season and the playoffs. Um, I mean, people who don't even care about baseball were tuning in to watch the team play. I mean, there's a lot of people out here who don't care about baseball. Um, myself vaguely in that category. I, I mean, I, I keep up to date with it, but I'm not particularly interested in it and not on a on a night in and night out basis. But um, once the Dodgers were in the playoffs, everybody was tuning in to watch those games. Everybody was excited, and um, the Dodgers have a really good loyal fan base too. There's um, uh, a large a large population that has season tickets to them that are you know multi generation season ticket holders who go to mm-hmm. every game, um, and their fans are really really loyal to that team. Um, so I would actually go, and, and it helps too that they're you know they're they're really good right now. They're they're really good. There's great players 
um, who are, you know, really good hitters, great pitching, great fielding, um, who are all good personality players to, like, to root for, uh, more or less, in my opinion. My main man, Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig, exactly. Um, I actually have heard reports that he'll he'll go into like a neighbor, like these low income like uh, Hispanic neighborhoods in like East LA, which is predominantly Hispanic, um, and just bust out like ten thousand dollars and tell people. Oh, that makes go me get, feel good. Uh, yeah, and just go go get you know beer and food and just have these you know these these you know uh, these fiestas if you would and just go it just put puts on for for some of the low income communities and um it it's uh yeah it, it makes people like you know want to root for him and then he'll, he'll blast yeah. a 500 foot home run and you know flip his bat into the opposing team's dugout and it's it's great to watch <laughs> it's it's whole, wholesome family fun right there um that, so yeah that's the one see. the one baseball player in like the last 10 years that I could say I actually enjoyed and have spent time rooting for and was, like, invested in how well they were doing. So it makes me feel good to know he's doing community work, too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I would say they ranked number one. Now, as far hmm. now ranking them in order is a little bit challenging here for me, I say. But I'm going to go number two, still probably going to be the Lakers, even though they're, you know, practically yeah, that, less, practically see, I, I thought I thought you were going to come right out and say Dodgers Lakers easy one two. Yeah, I'm going to go Lakers still number two. Um, I think overall they probably still are two right now, but I just have a hard time, um, you know, putting them there because they're not. The, the Clippers are a better team to go watch right now. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, I would rather. Wonder, I would rather. Right, when they're healthy, obviously injuries have been plaguing them. But, um, I mean, the Clippers are a team that could potentially make the playoffs again. Um, Lakers, it seems unlikely at this point. But if, I mean, unless they, you know, get their act together in the second half of the season or something. Um, don't seem to be a playoff contender at the moment. Uh, but that doesn't stop people from rooting for them. I mean, there's billboards for season tickets for the Lakers and, you know, all over the city, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot more advertisements for them than the Clippers. And that being said, even though this year they're not necessarily a strong team, there's still a lot of players on the team that people like rooting for. Um, yeah, at least they're, they're young and exciting. Yeah, exactly, exactly, which I think is why I still have to put them at number two. Um, they they have a lot of upside right now with some of the young players. Lonzo Ball, obviously, um, you know, no – He's a, he's a familiar face to the L.A. scene coming from UCLA and, you know, having his family having ties here basically his entire career and upbringing. Um, so people are definitely excited. It's just, um, you know, the, the winning isn't really there yet, which makes L.A. fans sort of be like they're, they're very um, – it, it makes it so they care less basically in my opinion. Well, the the one thing the one thing that's looming with the Lakers too is LeBron's decision this summer. Yes, that and that I was actually going to touch on in a little bit. People out here are definitely excited about that. Um, the 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 fact that he owns a home out here, his little um, pull aside conversation with Lonzo after they they played, complimenting Lonzo's game, all of that. Um, it does have people talking for sure, and that's. 
L.A. needs a superstar, or the Lakers specifically, need a superstar in order for the fans to really gravitate in the, to the team in the way that they used to. Um, the city's used to having Kobe Bryant on the team. They're used to having Magic Johnson on the team, Shaquille O'Neal yeah. on the team. Um, you know, high-level high superstars who are capable of completely taking a game over and, you know, turning it around, not only a game, but an entire team, a season, a franchise for that matter. Um, but I don't know that the Lakers necessarily have that right now. Um, I, I'd love to see, you know, maybe one of their young stars, specifically Josh Hart, would be ideal. Um, <laughs> I don't know the name. And, um, I'd love to see him become that guy. I just don't know if that's going to be his role on this team, being a, a superstar. And um, I think LeBron coming to L.A. would give the fans exactly what it is that they're looking for. Um, he would be welcomed with open and loving arms. And it makes sense as, as his, he progresses later and later into his career. Um, I think it would make sense for him to be in a city like Los Angeles where he could start to um, focus maybe more on some different business ventures and sort of become like, um, sure, you know, almost like how Jay-Z did with Rock Nation, maybe, you know, start his own agency or there's, there's, there's no shortage of opportunities for LeBron anywhere he goes, obviously, but um, in L.A. especially, I think it would be a really good fit for him from just um, a life standpoint, not necessarily even from a basketball standpoint, and that would be great for the city, I think. Yeah, the, this is kind of off-topic, but LeBron's post-playing career, I think, is going to end up being more interesting than his playing career. Just one random prediction. I don't think anything is off the table with LeBron after his career. I think his ambitions are probably way higher than we realize. Um, so Lonzo and LeVar, how, how is all of this being received in Los Angeles? Are, are people like behind the ball family or is this like, is, are in Angelinos, are they getting tired of LeVar ball just like everyone else's? Um, yeah, no, nobody, nobody really likes LeVar ball out here all that much. Um, but most but most respect is hustle. L.A. is a city of, of, of hustlers, sure. and LeVar is out there hustling. Um, even though it, it becomes almost uh, any, any publicity is good publicity kind of thing. Um, so you can't help but, you know, you can't knock his hustle. But with that being said, people don't like it. They don't want it. They don't want his, you know, outlandish and outspoken thoughts polluting the Lakers' locker room and, you know, undermining the, the, the team's authority, basically, um, which to some extent I think is what happens when he openly criticizes players, coaching staff, et cetera. Um, and even though those guys are used to criticism, they get it night in and night out from, you know, a billion different people from a billion different sports networks. Um, just having a guy like that constantly chirping you, I think is just, it, it's, it's not the focus that, that where, it's not where the focus needs to be for players, teams, etc. Um, so with that being said, though, people do tolerate it, though, because Lonzo, for the most part, is is liked out here. Um, people would especially like him if it wasn't for his dad, honestly. I think he'd be a lot more popular if it wasn't for um, LeVar constantly running his mouth. I think that actually hurts his popularity and marketability, for sure. But That's um, understandable. Yeah, but overall, I think people like him out here. Um, they're excited about him. Obviously, having um, a star of UCLA, one of the premier colleges out here, 
get drafted to the same city that he grew up in. I mean, it's a, it's a great storyline that people are excited about. They're, it's, he's a kid that people are happy to root for. Um, and he sort of does and says more or less the right things. He sort of keeps keeps his keeps quiet, keeps his composure on the court, um, sort of does his thing. With that being said, jump shot could certainly use um, some work. And I know we've got our guy Magic Johnson hopefully going to be tackling that project in the off season. But um, oh well, yeah, he's he's a player that people like to root for. It's just his um, it's sort of finding the right balance between how much to root for him and how much Lavar crawls under your skin and makes you you know not want to root for him, for, for lack of a better term. Well, that that's the one thing I don't get. I, I really thought that, like, and I guess I'm foolish for thinking this, but I thought that LeVar was going to tone down the act after after Lonzo got drafted. Like, that, that was all that he wanted the entire time Lonzo was at UCLA. It was just like, oh, he's going to play for the Lakers. He, he's going to be a Laker. You know, I, I was told this when he was born, he was going to be a Laker. Like, and then it happened, and it was like, okay, just let him be now. Like, you got what you wanted. You you spoke it into into reality. Congratulations. Now let your son just be a, a normal basketball right. player. Because, like, being a rookie point guard on one of the most prestigious franchises in the NBA is hard enough. Like, Especially when you have a broken jumper like Lonzo, like he's going to catch enough criticism on the on a nightly basis just because he has like all these two for eleven shooting nights, and it's like, well, when's he going to fix that? It, you don't like adding all of the the Luke Walton talk on it, and like what's going on in Lithuania and his brother shoplifting in China. It's like, you know. Just tone it down. Uh, like, I, I respect Absolutely. the hustle. I think, I like, big baller brain, you go out there and you do your own thing. Like, I'm all for being an entrepreneur. I think that's great. I think, like, he's a really proud dad. And that's why I think you see, like, a lot of other players coming out and saying, like, no, this isn't a bad thing. This is, like, there's a dad who's really proud of his son. Like, I get that. That's great. But at a certain point, you have to realize, like, okay, this is only becoming – a detriment to my son is what I'm doing really being like, am I being productive? And for Lonzo's sake, I worry that that LeVar's mouth is going to submarine this whole thing. I, and obviously I have no sources or anything, but I don't think we're that far away from, from like Lonzo ball trade rumors. And that sounds crazy because, like, the Lakers wanted this guy from the time he stepped foot on the UCLA campus. But, like, there are some really tasty uh, trade ideas where you could package Lonzo with Luol Deng's contract and send them to a team who has an expiring contract. So that way the Lakers could open up, like, one more max contract slot for this summer. And I have a hard time believing that that's not something that Rob Plinka and Magic are going to be thinking if LeVar continues to shit on Luke Walton. Like, if you could turn those two into, I don't know, Greg Monroe, and you, and you send Lonzo to Phoenix, and then you have Monroe's $18 million coming off the books this summer, like, maybe that does net you LeBron and Chris Paul and Paul George. 
And then what do you what are you better off having? Like all those guys are just sticking with Lonzo. No, ab- absolutely. I I agree completely and I personally wouldn't lose any sleep if Lonzo got dealt somewhere else. Um I I he's not a player that I need on on my team. I I like I said, I tolerate him. Um but he he's he's not a must in 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 La La Land and I would Absolutely. I would almost like to see him get traded just to see LeVar get knocked down a couple pegs. Hey, LeVar, and, you, you, know your dream, you know your dream that you had? Um, I'll tell you what. No. <laughs> just, and, and that would be it. it, it it'd be, it's like telling a kid to throw, who's throwing a temper tantrum no. Um, the kid can keep throwing the temper tantrum and kicking and screaming, but at some point the answer becomes no. And I, I wouldn't mind if it got to that point. Um, just, just to see sort of the uh, the fallout that would cause. And you know, what? I will say this: like I said, I don't have sources or anything like that. I I have, however, followed the career of LeBron James very, very, very closely, much more than the average basketball fan. I, I say that with a ton of confidence. The whole Lavar Lavar Ball thing, like being so outspoken and trying to run the show. That is not going to fly with LeBron or appeal to LeBron. LeBron is going to run the show with whatever franchise he goes to. And I just have a very hard time imagining that, like, it's going to go over all that well if if LeVar says anything about LeBron. And he already, he already danced on that line once talking about how – he brought up LeBron's family, and LeBron fired back pretty quickly and said, you know, don't put my – I don't want my family coming out of your mouth. Like, I don't know. I, I I think that that's a really – I don't think LeBron's L.A. is as much of a slam dunk as people are thinking that it is. And in large part, I think it's because of LeVar Ball. Yeah, I, I believe it. And to, to sort of compound that, I know – like you said, LeBron certainly wouldn't tolerate it, and I have a hard time believing that uh, Magic Johnson will be tolerating it for too long, especially yeah. if he's you know, seeking the advice of, like, Kobe is acting as a bit of a consultant, I, I think, probably. Um, I, I can't imagine Kobe and Magic have any respect for a guy like that. No. I, I just yeah. – I, they, they're uh, – Kobe, Magic, LeBron, I, I don't think that those kind of athletes – have any room for a LeVar ball in their life at all. And, like, if you're the Lakers, if there have really been feelers sent out there that that might indicate that LeBron might be coming, like, unless LeBron stated specifically Lonzo Ball is one of the guys I want there, which maybe that was said or would be said, I don't know. Like, what's the harm in in opening up another cap Another max cap slot. <clears throat> Excuse me. God bless you. No, I. I <laughs> uh, no, I, I. I. I agree. I agree completely. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out this off season. That's for sure. Is it, I, I don't know if you mentioned this when I first brought up LeBron. Is there real optimism that he's coming to LA? Um. Definitely, if there's real optimism, but I think it's still realistic optimism. Um, pe- people aren't banking on that. It's it's a it's a fun novel concept to think about. Um, yeah, 
but I don't I don't think anyone's really counting their eggs quite yet, um, which is a good thing because you know the expression about counting your eggs before you know they hatch. You, you've heard the expression before, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like it's applicable to this particular uh, conversation. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think we have a, a basket, a, a plentiful basket of eggs. Um, and people are excited about that. If there could be a good harvest of eggs that maybe turn into chickens. Um, but no, pe- people are people are people are excited. But um, I, I think it's a it's still for the most part grounded in in reality for for most people. I'm sure there's a few fanatics out there who are convinced that you know he's coming and he's going to be the savior of the Lakers and you know the the face of the franchise in the post Kobe era. Um, but I think for the most part, people are people's heads are in the right place. They're they're excited about the the, the prospect of him coming to Los Angeles, but um, you know, waiting to see how everything plays out with with the rest of the year and you know some of these young and upcoming stars and trades and cap room and, and all that before they really start to get excited. But let me tell you, if um, if he does come and he makes the announcement or um, however however it ends up that he he comes out here, uh, it, it'll it'll be a party. People be really excited and I mean it'll be it'll it'll, it'll be a, a very very bright future for the, the Lakers um more I mean more so than there already is for sure but people will go you know, think. at some point you and I need to plan exactly when I'm going to be coming to Los Angeles this summer part of me wants to to plan it around the time that LeBron would be making his free agency decision just so in case that he does decide to be to, to make the move to L.A., I could be in L.A. as it happens. I fully support that idea, and even if he or here and he decides not to come to L.A., I think you'll still get to see fans get all salty and butthurt over it. Um, well, I don't know if I want to do that, then. Because <laughs> I, I will be honest. I, I do want LeBron to stay in Cleveland. Like, that, that's my personal preference. I want him. Right. I, I want him to finish out his career with the Cavs and then buy the Cavs. I want him to be the Cavs owner. Um, but I, I will say, I, if LeBron did make the move to L.A., I would support the Lakers just as I did when he went to the Heat. Um, and it would be very excited to, to celebrate that with you. Um, would you and other Lakers fans ease up on the – the LeBron is a Kobe narrative then if LeBron became a Laker and won a title in LA? Um, ease up on the narrative, sure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> never going to let it go, though? But, no, I, I don't think that's one that I can ever totally uh, let go, no. I, he, I, he could, yeah, it's it just, he, he won't be Kobe. Um, no matter what he does out here, he won't be Kobe. I mean, shy of winning, you know, a, a multiple titles. Even if he wins multiple titles, I still think um, the legacy of Kobe out here is, is too much for people to ever completely get over. So they'll, they'll, it'll ease up. I can say it'll ease up. That's as far as I can comfortably take that. So. That's good. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, Clippers... Uh, I... I don't know what the hell is going on with them. I, I think that they, they need to blow it up at this point. Um, I don't want to spend a bunch of time talking about the Clippers. Uh, what I do want to talk about, one thing, one of the foundations of our friendship 
has been the love of sport and in particular the love of the Summer Olympics. Before, the before you start on that, I just, I just have one thing to say about the Clippers. Okay, yeah. Um, there, was an article, there was an article in, in the LA Times, I think it was, published not too long ago that said the same thing that you said, time to blow it up. Um, it was it was very clearly written. It wasn't, you know, a gray area article. It was a, hey, um, even if we do make the playoffs, we just keep getting knocked out of the playoffs. This clearly isn't the recipe for success. Let's change. Um, so I think that's sort of echoing the sediments of the city is what you just said, time to blow it up, time to move on to the next. So you're on the same page as as as, as the Angelinos are on that one, I think. <laughs> it just seems like that's the only logical thing left to do. Like, yeah. Like, you, you couldn't I mean, win when Chris Paul was there. This is a right. core that continues to get injured. Um, I actually think you might be able to get a decent haul for DeAndre, and I think that's the move. I think that ends up happening. It's rumored that the Bucks want DeAndre, and there's a a deal that you could make work that is centered around DeAndre going to the Clippers and maybe Jabari going – or DeAndre leaving the Clippers to go to the Bucks and Jabari going to the Clippers. And – you know, Milwaukee has played so much without Jabari. I'm not sure that he's needed there. If you could get a former number two overall pick and maybe a guy like John Henson, who is a, a rotation player, it's entirely possible that if that's a deal that's made at the deadline, Jabari could come back. That like Those two could contribute enough where the Clippers could still make a run at the eighth seat this year, but there, there's also a little more youth that's brought in, and it's something different. Because, like, the Blake and DeAndre front court just doesn't work. And, like, Austin Rivers is your point guard just doesn't work. And, like, if, if Lou Williams is the perimeter scoring that you're relying on night in, night out, it's not going to happen. Yeah, um, uh, agreed. Agreed, and I, I think that's sort of, like I said, that sort of echoes the sediment to the city for sure. So, um, but yeah, no, no more, no more Clipper talk. Let's move on to something more fun. We, we don't really care, but we don't really, we don't really care about that out here. Uh, you're one of the, the very few people who I know who enjoys the Summer Olympics as much as I do. We, we've watched many hours of Olympics together. Um, we've speculated about the Olympics on this very podcast. And it just so happens that in 10 years, the Olympics are coming to Los Angeles. Um, That's right. So what, what is, what's the excitement level for, for this in L.A.? Because maybe it's too far out to get really excited, but it seems like at least when they announced it, it had to, to get some reaction. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. People are excited, but um, – it's just too far out for them to be excited, excited. Um, I mean, 10, 10 years is a long, long time away, um, <laughs> for sure. So I, I'll, I think people are definitely looking forward to it, but it's not something that occupies um, the thoughts of, of people on a day-to-day basis. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to have the Olympics here, in my opinion. Um, the infrastructure is you know more or less already in place for for 
a, a, a large scale sporting event. I mean, there's exactly. multiple there's multiple stadiums across all of Southern California. Um, <laughs> realistically, you wouldn't have to as they're in the process of building the new Ram Stadium right now, which is going to be um, obviously finished by them and by then, and that's going to be um, a great facility for for football and for anything else. You know. Any, any other Olympic events that they want to host in there. There's Staples Center, there's StubHub Center, um, you know, there's, there's Dodger Stadium, if you, there's, there's the Rose Bowl, there's countless stadiums, and that's just in the LA area. Obviously, sometimes the Olympics sort of, you know, dabble outside of the city a little bit, and there's, you know, a bunch of other, um, great venues and great facilities to be used already. And then, you know, Combine that with probably a little bit of Olympic money and whatnot, too. I'm sure they'll build some new things because that's what you do in the Olympics. You develop and you, you, you try to monetize it as best as possible. But, um, yeah, I think the city is pretty well set up for it as is, so it, it makes sense versus doing it in a place like Rio de Janeiro where most of the facilities have already, you know, gone by the wayside and started to, you know, become dilapidated and infested with disease and homeless people and God knows what else crawls out of the streets of Brazil. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. And, um, you know, I, I certainly hope to be, you know, regardless if I'm still living in LA in 10 years or not, um, I certainly intend to come back for, um, for, for that event without a doubt. Oh, we are going, we, we've talked about going to the Olympics since we were 12 and 10 years old. Like the, it's in the United States. There's no reason why we shouldn't be going. I hope I'll be living in Los Angeles in 10 years. So I hope that like accommodations won't have to be made on my end to like get there. But you, you hit the nail on the head with everything that you said. LA is the absolute perfect city to host the Olympics. If you look at, at what, like the buildings for for all the events that they're going to be having. I'm on a page right now. There are only two buildings that will be hosting Olympic events that are under construction. Everything else already exists. Yep. What are the two that are, What are the two that um, are going to need construction? The the stadium in Inglewood, the the new yep, Ram, the Ram Stadium, the Ram Stadium, yep. And there is Bank of California Stadium, um, which is uh, it looks like that is going to be the home for a MLS team. Yes, I've I've heard some um, rumblings about that. I'm I'm not super up to date on it, but I did hear there's an MLS team coming. It's going to be so it, yeah, it looks like construction is going to begin on April 29th, 2018. But everything else is there. And, like, even Olympic Village, it's there. Like, it's the college campuses. So it, it's perfect, and that that's the big economic hang-up every time that there's a Summer Olympics. It devastates these cities because they put all this money into – into building these facilities, and then they're just never used again. And not only do they have these facilities, but there's a really good plan intact that, like, how they're going to utilize all of these facilities and, like, use it to uh, increase interest in youth sports and how, like, there's going to be a generation of young athletes who, like, are using these facilities to train for the Olympics that, 
they're eventually going to compete in in 2028. And, like, it, it just everything about this bid is perfect and well thought out, and it's really hard to imagine that it's not going to be a total success. Like, I don't, I don't see how they gain money on this. Like, they, it seems like with with sponsorship and ticket sales and everything else, plus yeah. the, the lack yeah, of money that they have absolutely. to put in, like, it's going to be huge for the L.A. economy. Yeah, I, I think it definitely will be. I mean, L.A. is already a huge tourist destination as it is, and they'll see a significant uptick, um, you know, around those months in, in July or August. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I, I'm sure businesses especially are, are very excited, um, you know, restaurants, bars, hotels, all, all, all the, all the, every, anything surrounding, you know, tourist industry is, is thrilled about this. I'm, I'm quite sure of it. It's, it'll, yeah, like you said, it'll be great for the LA economy for sure. And it's being, um, one of the guys who's helping, to, who, or who was helping to spearhead the, the initial bid, um, was the LA mayor, Eric Garcetti, who's yeah. really, really well, really well liked out here, really well respected as far as, you know, it, it's a dicey climate for politicians right now. And I think he does, um, uh, a pretty good job of keeping most people pretty happy in this city um, is, is, is sort of my take, and, and he gets uh, he he's tend to he tends to be pretty well reviewed and by, by most I think, and so it's exciting to have him on board to help you know sort of pull pull everything together. And he's super enthusiastic about it too. He did uh, when the bid was announced. He did a podcast with Bill Simmons shortly after it. And you could just tell that, like, he was talking about how, like, he grew up watching the Olympics, and he has all these memories as a kid of watching the the 84 Olympics, and, like, that was his inspiration to bring it back to L.A. It was like, just what it could do for for the city and the people of the city and just the love of the the different sports and the competition amongst country. Um, you know, it – it seems like I probably ever since you and I have been following the Olympics together, like you hear only negative reviews after the Olympics and even heading in, there's always pessimism about like, how are the structures going to be completed? Is there going to be, you know, who's going to go? Is there terrorist, all this and that, but it seems like for the first time, really since I've been paying attention to it, there's, universal optimism for LA yeah. 2028. Yep. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, the city, the city's built up for it already. It's ready for it. Um, and I, and I know that once time, you know, starts to get a little bit closer, there'll, there'll be, uh, a, a lot of buzz of excitement that, that sort of sweeps across the city as that day starts to move closer and closer and closer. Well, I encourage you to, to stay in Los Angeles because, like I said, I want to be there by 2028, and it, it only feels appropriate that you and I would attend the Olympics together because it's something we've been talking about for a very long time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, regard, regardless of my, my residency, I can assure you that I will be at the, the Los Angeles Olympics in 2028. You can go ahead and pencil me in for that right now. Actually, you could use a pen. Um, you can use a pen. I, 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 won't, I, won't be, yeah, I won't be erasing that one. I have a Sharpie right next to me. I'll write it down. Perfect. You could you could tattoo it on your thigh if you wanted to. <laughs> the other one? 
Yeah, yeah, you know, symmetry. It's it's key to balance. I, yeah, I don't want to mess up my already existing thigh tattoo. Right. <laughs> Do we have anything else in the LA sports scene that we need to talk about? Is there anything that I missed that's important or is going on? Oh, no, I was pointing amongst Angelinos. No, I think I think that was a, a a pretty good rundown right there. That that checked off just about all the uh, the notes that I had going into this. Um, yeah, I think that it should. That's I think that's a pretty good representation of of where we're at out here on the left coast. Well, I look forward to to seeing it firsthand in um, probably seven months, six months. Late June, early July, most likely. I'm looking forward to it as well, my friend. You're in can for we do this more year. often? Can we do the? Can can I get you on like once a month to? I'll I'll let you choose what we talk about. I, I made this request to talk about um, sports from Los Angeles. I'll just it, the floor is yours next time. We could go whatever direction you want to go. Well, as you know, I, I should hopefully have um have some exciting content we can discuss maybe in uh you know, the next week or two here um, yes. and, and that um, I think would make for a great podcast. So um, get, get, get the listeners ready. We'll, we'll have um, hopefully something super exciting to chat about next time I'm on. That's a nice little cliffhanger and a great way to finish this off. The doctor, Colin Stucco, thank you very much, my friend. This was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Look forward to my, uh, my next appearance. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Adios. Like a best for your Jimmy in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state for the bomb ass MP. The state where you never find a dance floor empty and pimp speed. On the mission for them greens. Lean, mean, money making machines, serving fiends. I've been in the game for 10 years making rap tunes. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.